0: Hello and welcome back to the CFC Talk podcast. I'm your host, Mavis, Soledja, joined again this time with a very special guest, Rahul, uh, from that Premier League, Premier uh, Premier Chelsea podcast. Uh, it, 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 it does get confusing when the names are very similar, but Rahul, welcome to the podcast once again. Uh, great to have you on and, and what a game to discuss as well. Aston Villa Nil, Chelsea 2, three points on the road, Graham Potter still unbeaten. Uh, at his time at Chelsea I know it's still the honeymoon period but us Chelsea fans have I really do really feel like things things have turned around and and hopefully for the better good now and Mason Mount with the performances that he's putting in Keppa as well and I know we're going to dive in individually into the players and talk a bit about th- that as well as the Brentford game coming up uh, so Rahul first of all welcome to the podcast how are you doing how has how has it been so far and how's everything going with you thanks thanks
1: for the welcome i this is my third time, I believe, on on your podcast, uh, so I feel a little more regular than, than Pulisic does playing for Chelsea. No, jokes aside, it's, it's good to be back, and I know it's been a while since we've caught up, so uh, look forward to talking Chelsea and talking uh, soccer, football, whatever you want to call it.
0: Look, like you'll be you'll have to be very careful when you when you go at Pulisic like that, because <laughs> the American fans on Twitter aren't gonna Hey,
1: look, I, I live in America, right? I, <laughs> right? I I I I follow on both sides, um, but obviously I'm a Chelsea fan, uh, and a Polisic fan when he puts on the US jersey. But we'll we'll stick to Chelsea for this one. Yeah. Right?
0: <laughs> well, in general, I think the Aston Villa game was a bit of a stretch. It wasn't one of the best of performances so far under Graham Potter, and it wasn't the Milan-esque performance that we saw. Uh, again, in both legs, actually, but it was a game where we kind of had to dug, dig deep, and just get those goals and just get the game, get the points on the road. And it it was, again, it, they were coming off of, I guess they were they were off a four game unbeaten run in the Premier League, and we knew they were going to sit in defense, they were going to sit deep and just bring out a draw from this because uh because they've they've struggled as well at times and there have been calls for Stephen Gerrard and, Jared, and I, I can't remember if he's. There were rumors about him getting sacked as well. So, um, your quick, just in general, quick thoughts about the game and and how we performed on that day before? Yeah, we I mean,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. Look, it's four games now uh, in the space of two weeks, maybe a little bit less. So, you expect, especially when you have the kind of performances that we've had against Milan, that subsequent games will will have a dip. Uh, you can't perform at that level. Consistently, especially now that Potter is coming in, rotating, moving things around, different formations, different players, it's almost expected that there will be a dip, but you've got to ride through that, and, and that's what exactly what we did, and a tough away game, Villa away is never easy, I'm sure you remember uh, from, from years past that we've gone there and struggled, um, so this was not going to be an easy game, but we rode our luck, uh, I'm sure we'll touch on the Kepa piece, uh, but we wrote our luck. We dug deep, like you said, and and we came back and took our chances, which is something that we usually don't don't do very well. When Mason Baum takes his chances and and puts us in a two goal lead, uh, and I'm actually looking here uh, at the stats, and I think this is for the first time since Potter's come in that the other team outshot us, had more shots on target. Um, so definitely Villa were the better side on the day in terms of expected goals, in terms of even the performance. I'd say. But big teams, as you know, have to go away and dig deep, and and that's exactly what we did. And I don't know if this happens, maybe a month or so ago. So you got to be happy with the way things are going.
0: Look, I think with Tuchel being gone, it was very tough for a lot of Chelsea fans to digest that. And um, and I guess Graham Potter's come in, and and obviously we we haven't forgotten fully about Thomas Tuchel, and I don't think we'll be able to do that for a long time. You still see a lot of Chelsea fans. Tweeting about him and people still tracking where he's going and and what's what's his next step going to be like in football, but Graham Potter coming in and and changing things around and as you said the rotation I think that has been key for us these past few games. What we haven't seen under Thomas Tuchel is a lot of rotation and even when that rotation does happen, the performances haven't been to to a level that's been expected from the 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 the, 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 the caliber these players have and under this new management and not taking away from, from whatever Thomas Tuchel has achieved from, from at, at Chelsea. But what, what Graham Potter has done here is there's also a second team or a rotating squad that can come in and play these type of games midweek. Cause we know how many games there are until the world cup. So, and and with the injuries with off of Reese James, as well as Angola Conte. And and today we heard about Thiago Silva as well. It's very important for every single player in the squad to have that first team experience, to have that um. You know to to be ready whenever called upon and to perform to the level that that's expected of them, but quickly get diag. Uh, you know, talk when we're talking about the defense. Uh, f- this is this is our fourth clean sheet I think in a row, and if I'm ro- wrong, this is the first time we've ever done that uh, since 2016, and that was the last time that we had four clean sheets in a row. Antonio Conte, as you mentioned, Aston Villa with the amazing chances that they had, but Kepa keeping us in the game starting from him. Honestly, I think. As much of as much as the credit goes to Mason Mount for those two goals, I think Keppa kept us in that game, uh, and the way he brilliantly made those saves, those seven saves, was was incredible. And the stats say it all. And I know a lot of people don't like to don't like to mention stats here, but um, what are your thoughts on? I guess because we've seen what he's done and and how much effort he's put in behind the scenes, but what are your thoughts on his transformation at Chelsea, going from someone who probably every single fan didn't like, and we were all ready to let him go. And suddenly now under Potter, he he starts ahead of Mendy because of his form and his performances and his attitude, I guess, most importantly, because that was not the same attitude that he had maybe under Sari or other managers at Chelsea.
1: Yeah, I mean, Keppers come in, I think, you know, the big fee was obviously going to be a, a hurdle for him to get over, which eventually came back and, and haunted him a little bit, you could say, uh, especially in the Lampard era. And I think we've always said, especially on our podcast, that when players are struggling, it's better to kind of put them out of the limelight. Of course, it helps that you have a Mendy that can come in and do the job and kind of allow Kepa in the background to regain his form, regain his confidence, and maybe just study his game with the goalkeeping coaches and understand what he's doing wrong. Again, in the summer, I know he was linked with the move away. When we watched uh, the team play in Charlotte, he wasn't even there. Um, so he could have taken that and, and sulked and said, you know, I wanted to move away. I didn't get my move, but I think he even came out and said that ultimately I'm here. I got to fight for my position. I got to fight for even maybe playing for Spain uh, at the world cup. And and he seems to have the right attitude now, which is m- maybe just maturity. Um, uh, I think it's, he came in what three, four years ago. He's 28 now. He was 24 then. I'm sure when you and I, you know, I think you're a little bit younger than me, but (laughs) when I was 24, if I had that, you know, I was like, oh, I'm the big money goalkeeper, I'm the big, you know, big deal, Um, and then I take a hit, that's going to affect your mind, and the way you bounce back from that is going to take some time, so I think he's matured on and off the pitch, his relationship status helps too, I know a lot of fans joke about that, but I think uh, for someone that maybe doesn't have his family around, I don't know if that is true, but I'm just trying to think of, of things that could be going right. Ultimately, you look at this game and you say, he just had the confidence. He was in some cases at the right place at the right time, but that adds to the confidence. And he's now had four clean sheets, like you said. And I was actually thinking Mendy may work his way back in with the number of games we had, but goalkeeping is a position where you don't need to rotate that much, especially with how many games are coming. Uh, and especially with the way Keppa is playing. So I don't know if Mendy finds a way back in. I know we have a Carabao Cup game uh, in November, maybe that one, but Keppa long made continue, and and we're almost seeing his value come back up now, which is what we want to see ultimately, whatever the club decides to do. But uh, the way he's playing right now, he definitely saved us in this game, and uh, I think we can start counting on him, and I think he he wants that too, and and obviously it will help him moving forward
0: completely echo what you say here because I think honestly the way he's come back from where he was is is incredible to see and I think even in the in the post match post match uh, conferences that he that he was part of he was very confident about what he did and just you know praising the coaches the backroom staff and helping him get to the level that he is right now so and 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 we're not trying to take and and I don't want the fans to get a, a an image of this and uh, and think of it in a way where we're trying to um take away from Mendy because he's also an incredible goalkeeper. And at the same time, at Chelsea, you do need two incredible goalkeepers. And and if, if one of them's not performing as well as the other, you do swap them out, you do give the other one as a rest. As Arajo said, you take them out of the limelight, you give them the the you know the effort they need they need in the on the training pitch before you bring them back on. Because as a, as in a in a squad of 20, 22, 23 players you are expected to rotate and at the same time you you yourself ha- you know you you yourself know that if if something goes wrong someone else is waiting for their own opportunity so instead of worrying about the fact when you're going to play next or how you how your next game is going to come it's it's way better to just focus on what's going to ha- what what you need to do behind the scenes for that for that big day or that big moment that you get and Kepa I think has taken it brilliantly. you know. Mendy was struggling and Keppa came in and he performed uh, in a few games and that's why he's still here. I mean, I highly doubt if he would have conceded a few more goals in the Milan game or in any of the games that the first few games where Kepa was a goalkeeper, he would have been part of this match as well. I mean, Mendy would have come back in, but it's incredible to see him. Uh, but in defense, I mean, with Reese James being out for eight weeks, we saw a very, very weird back four with Chalaba, Silva, Kukurea and Chilwell. Uh, essentially, was was the back four that that was listed on the on the ta- uh, on the lineup sheet. I'm pretty sure Potter had some of his other uh, tactics going on in between the match, but um, for some reason, Footmob has Kukurea as a centre back and Chalaba as a right back, so that's a bit weird to see. see. Uh, but your quick thoughts on it, and then Thiago Silva as well. I think he's got a hamstring injury, so he might not be playing this. He might be sitting out the Brentford game.
1: Yeah, I mean it's the Reese James injury just adds, because you you know Reese James is a starter automatically. Whenever he's fit, he's a starter. But we don't have a natural replacement for him, and and yes, we have players that can come in and do the job as well. LaQueta like, like you mentioned. Uh, the team sheet I'm looking at, Reece, uh, Raheem Sterling played right wing back, so it's really like you were saying, uh, depending on the on the outlet and and how they interpreted it, um, you know, depends on on that, but. Uh, Loftus-Cheek, we've seen come in and play the right. And I think he eventually switched him over to the right towards uh, the first half, mid-first half. But anyway, um, it's it's interesting because Thiago Silva, you know what you get with that. 100% commitment, reliance on him. Uh, I think Okorrea struggled, and you saw that with the halftime substitution uh, and the other thing there is Graham Potter realizes some of those things early enough to make those changes where he says, you know what, I think Okerea is struggling in this game, just not his day maybe, not able to keep up with uh, Bay- Bailey coming through, Ramsey coming through, Watkins on the other side coming on uh, flipping over. So it's good understanding from him uh, and ultimately making the change and bringing a Bali in and refreshing that area uh, and maybe making it a little more tough, I think. Um, Shaloba great, great potential, you know, I think he's had a good year now in in the first team squad in and out of the squad, but he's he's definitely featuring a lot more now that Fofana is injured, Reese James is injured um and what is the stat? I think we haven't lost a game where he's played, which is which is yeah. great long, long may that continue, yeah. but he does have some of those rash mistakes in him, which you'd expect from a young player, so uh, all in all, I think. The defense was okay. I think Kepper really saved the day, Uh, but moving forward, if Tiago Silva is now injured, I think that that makes me a little nervous because Brentford away is not going to be an easy game, and then Manchester United to follow up with that. It's it's tough when you have two of their top defenders, Sofana, Tiago Silva, and, and Reese James make that three out with these kind of games coming up, but that's what you pay Potter to figure out and you give him the the tools. He You have the tools, you look at the squad and you say, okay, yes, we can move things around. But missing those kind of players is always tough.
0: Yeah, in terms of defense, I think it wasn't the best of performances because when, when your goalkeeper has to make seven or eight okay. vital saves to keep you in the game, uh, you do realize that there's, there's something shaky about the defense. And you, as you mentioned, Graham Potter had that... Um, he knew he was aware of what what he what needed to be done, and after halftime, when Koulibaly came in, it was a very different a very different defensive uh, defense um, situation at Chelsea. And you know, I think we I think with Potter as as we 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 keep on saying, and I think I feel like we're going to keep on saying this for a few weeks or even more longer until this run continues, where he's rotating players, giving everyone time, and I think. With the with with one of the big reasons of him coming at Chelsea was because he had this whole degree and he had this um, experience of of handling players and the mental mental sides of players. So I think he, in, it, him being there in the backroom staff, him being there uh, supporting players in the training ground, is is what's changing a lot of these players' mentality at Chelsea because. Even when when Pulisic comes on to play, when when players were who haven't been uh, at their greatest of forms or haven't been the fan favorites this season, when they come on and play, uh, we don't see the se- we don't see the same kind of attitude that was there under Tuchel. It's a very different attitude. Pulisic does seem like someone who might who, who's trying his best, even though he might not be getting goals or assists, but he does seem like he's more eager. He's he's more interested in playing this style of football. Um, so it's it's very nice to see that as well. And as you mentioned, Rhys James and I think the biggest, uh, I guess, the biggest bit difference that I noticed was was Raheem Sterling and the lack because I think Raheem did start on on the right hand side. So I think the biggest one was was Raheem and Rhys James not linking up, and that link up that's that's been there this whole start of the season wasn't there, and which affected Raheem Sterling as well, which we we didn't see much of him as well, uh, which I guess is going to happen because Reese James having that the the ability that he has of, of going so high up the pitch and still be able to track back and defend and uh, not a lot of defenders or, or wingbacks possess that and and you know Liverpool have one who who uh, who can't who can't do both and <laughs> I'm going to get a lot of stick from Liverpool fans for this but uh, it has to be said like <laughs> I feel like I do this every episode and I just go out Trent Alexander-Arnold because of <laughs> uh, what happened but no, we can't. We can't go after them since since that Man City against uh, win against Man City. So, um, without without we, Trent though, <laughs> yeah, uh, that yeah. So maybe maybe he is he he is the the cause of, of of the losses and the draws that that they're facing. But um, moving on to Mason Mount, I think great performance from him as well. And I think a lot of people on my feed suddenly had this, I guess. The urge to go after two and, and say, "Well, Mount wasn't playing in his position We're at under two which is why this and that." And I just believe Mount last season was was a mount that we haven't seen before, and the season before that as well that Champions League run, and that's because not because he was playing in different positions, but because that's just the ability Mount possesses. And we've gone to we've gone through multiple coaches all the way from Frank Lampard, now under Graham Potter, Pat, Mount has been one of the most consistent players. It was just a bad run of form, in my in my opinion. I think Mount, now what he's doing is, is incredible, and it's expected of him. And, and as we said, he set the bar so high the last few seasons where performances where he's not getting an assist or a goal just seem like average performances. And a bit of a stat for those who might be interested, but he's got 32 goals and 36 assists in 173 appearances. Uh whereas Frank Lampard at that time had 31 goals and 18 assists. So maybe someone who could dethrone Frank Lampard uh for assists and goals at Chelsea, but goal contributions at Chelsea. But um what did you make of, of Mason Mound's performance in that free kick? Can we oof, that was a that was a beautiful free kick?
1: Yeah, it was he he's on fire. You just gotta say he's he's um in a, a man in form, and yes, you can say that now, but you gotta look back and earlier this season he wasn't. You gotta call it as it was, and and I think a lot of fans did call it the way it was back then, and and there's nothing wrong with that, right? We love Mason Mount. He's come through the academy. He's a Chelsea boy, but if you're not performing, that's when you, like we were saying, you go out of the limelight. You take some time and and spend some time on the bench, and just maybe get your mind right, maybe get your training right, and then come back. Of course, the change here has been Graham Potter maybe allowing Mount a little more freedom to do some of the attacking side like he, he likes to do. He's an attacking player. Um, under Tuchel, maybe he was more focused on the defensive side and linking play. Now you see Mount finishing in in that first half in the box. And then you the well, free kick obviously was was great. But I suddenly just noticed Mount with a little more freedom to, to float, maybe do a little more of the... The build-up, and you see that again in the Milan game, where he lays that ball off, which Aubameyang finishes. Uh Maybe under Tuchel, he's a little bit further back and, and doesn't get to that. But anyway, it's I think it comes down to, like you were saying, Mount has been so good for the last two seasons that we suddenly just expect him to just do it game by game. And he is human. He has played a lot. Uh He doesn't really pick up any injuries knock on wood um and so he he consistently features in that game maybe in in the team I beg your pardon and maybe not starting every single game depending on the game but he's always coming on even if he's not at the starting 11 because coaches like you said and, and I'll throw Garrett Southgate in there too he picks him he plays him he knows what he can bring uh sometimes ahead of Phil Foden which I know when you compare the two a lot of people say well Foden's more technical well Mount works way too hard to just say, you know what, we don't want you in the team. Because then he can do what he does in that Villa game and contribute goals. So I think you always want that kind of a player in there. And and the other side is I look at Kai Havertz and he was struggling earlier this season. He's still struggling a little bit now. So you've got to look at what Mount's doing now and say he's not only got the talent and the skill, he's also got the mental strength to say, I was struggling, I'm going to pull myself out of this and he's done exactly that. And now we're which is almost expecting the next game, what's he going to do? In the next game, what's he going to do? Which, again, if he doesn't contribute, you're going to see Twitter go off and say, well, Mason Mounts just had a you know a couple of good games and that's it. But I think what he did in this game, what he did against Milan, the last game before this one, he's got it. And I think we've just got to give him time. He's, what, 23, 24 still? I think it's it's we're in for a great ride with him as long as – he's around and I hope we give him that new contract because he clearly deserves it.
0: Yeah, no, it is, it is very exciting to see Reese James, you know, when Reese James signed that huge contract and yeah. know those, I know Real Madrid are thinking they can, they can come after Reese James, but they can, whatever they're, they offered and that, t- whatever was mentioned in that tweet was <laughs> as, as people would like to say, that wouldn't, it wouldn't even be enough to buy Reece James. Just, just,
1: just show him
0: Eden Hazard's career since he moved there. And I yeah. think that's, that's enough. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it's it's really exciting because, honestly, that academy connection, I think, as as you mentioned, is is something that a lot of fans do connect with. And, and Mount, Reese James, Chalaba, all of these young players. And, and it's very rare for a player to come in at Chelsea uh, when they're at their prime and make a mark. You know, not a lot of players have done that. Yes, there have been, obviously, in the past there have been many, but in recent times I can't remember a lot of signings. Obviously, Thiago Silva... Uh, and 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 Gola Conte might not be part of that list, but but a lot of them have had to prove themselves. Have had a, a not a, not the best of their times at Chelsea, but um, yeah, I think I think it's really excited to see what Mount can do this season because I think as you mentioned the role that he's gotten under Graham Potter, it's something that will allow him to be uh, be be more free, try and take those shots on, try and create those chances because the Mount. And I know I'm kind of contradicting the point that I made about him just not being informed under Tuchel, but I guess the stats say it all. Under Tuchel was a very different map to a to a, And, and in terms of the heat map as well, if you look at it and, and compare the two, there's a, it's a very different situation in there. Uh, not a lot in this game from from our front three or the front three that started on the night, though. Cry, Havertz, Sabamiang and Sterling. And even throughout the game as well, Sterling played in nine minutes. And, and even though Havertz was subbed off at halftime, and I think Potter knew what he was doing with with having spring uh, bringing taking Havertz off but in general nothing to offer from that front three and i guess that's more of because Rhys James is not there because uh we've said it time and time again a lot of what chelsea depend on is on that right hand side with Rhys james and once he's not on the in the team sheet uh it's it's a struggle fest for chelsea and that's what we're seeing but i do hope we do find a solution for that because we realistically yes you might be able to scrape away a win like this against aston villa but Rahul, I highly doubt this can continue on to up until the World Cup with the games that were coming in, and even if we talk about the Carabao Cup game against Man City, I highly doubt either of those teams are going to be naming a, a second second team squad or won't have these players in their substitutes just to bring them on last minute and and get the goal because, you know, Holland is expected to go up against Thiago Silva in that Carabao Cup, is he? <laughs>
1: yeah i mean it's it's so far out that you almost yeah we're looking we're talking about it but we don't know what happens between now and then and and who's fit who's not fit and i think we have another game right after that over the weekend so rotations definitely going to happen but uh if holland is starting then we need our best defender to start and that would be tiago silva uh but i i can't even think that far out in terms of of players and stuff but yeah you're right i think and and it's interesting and then i'd like to ask you this if if we you know, we end this season however we end we finish top four. Do you bring in a replacement or someone that plays second fiddle to a Reese James on the account that we know these past two campaigns, Reese James has picked up an ish, a knee injury or or a knock and he spends a few weeks out, then you bring someone in that can basically come in and do the job that Reese James does, but for majority of that season, that person's just gonna be sitting on the bench.
0: I think it'll be a difficult one and I, the reason I say that is because Reece James is so young that a lot of players who Chelsea approach will kind of think of it in a way that I'm a second choice right back or right wing back at this team and if I'm any any you know if I'm if I'm 25 or younger I'll say why why would I want to join a team play maybe you know once twice every month or three times a month depending on the, and the number of games and not have my not have regular football and kind of I guess not in a way retire from football but take a step back which is and, that, and that's why I think one of the main reasons why Chelsea offered the credit the contract that they did and they didn't let him go to Barcelona was because it was going to be a hard. It was going to be hard to find someone who could be a backup to Reese James and the ability that he has of attacking ability and defensive ability. And we mentioned this on the podcast a few times before as well, where uh, there's nothing wrong with Aspeliqueta. It's just that because of his age, the pace that he's got now. Because Asby has been an incredible right wing back for Chelsea in that 2016 season. There was nothing to take. Nothing to take away from that, but. Now, because of his age, he doesn't have that pace to go up front, attack, and then run back and defend as well at the same time. So with Asby, defensively, theres is, I is—I—I still don't see any issues. I still think this is the same Asby from before. It's just that because Asby doesn't offer that attacking ability, there's a lot of times that he gets stick for for the performances that he puts in in, in games compared to Reese James because obviously you can't compare someone who's 21 and someone who's towards the end of the career. So... Yeah, it'll be it'll be a tough find, but what are your what are your thoughts on that?
1: No, I I totally agree with you, and I I, I agree actually agree on the Aspasloqueta piece, which is, um, you know I'm sure I from what we had heard he wanted to go to Barcelona. I think he wanted a new adventure, having wanted everything at Chelsea, but he stayed, and I think it was the right move for the club because I look back to the Wolves game, and yes, it was just the Wolves game, but Aspasloqueta was on fire, especially that first half. He was he was making a lot of runs forward. Um, I think what helped was Connor Gallagher playing in that front three, but also coming back and filling in the gaps and and having that engine to go back and forth, uh, maybe allowing Aspie to make make the runs forward and track back as and when he could. Uh, I think if you put the right players in an, in in and run, like you say, Tiago Silva, who's thirty eight and, and thriving not saying Aspilicueta will be the same because it's a different position and it does require you to go forward a lot. But if you have the help from the midfield, from your winger ahead of you, you could do the job. And and Aspilicueta, I think, if I'm not wrong, has a decent amount of assists for the club. I look back to that season under Conte. You were mentioning the first one. The second one, I clearly remember him and Morata were connecting pretty well the first three, four months of the season. So Aspilicueta has it in him. Uh, but you're right, for someone that, has to come in a little bit younger than Aspie and say hey, I'm going to be sitting on the bench for 60 70% of the season but on the off chance that Reese James needs to be rested or is injured I come in that's a tough sell and I think that's where the manager the 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 club will have to do a great job of of finding someone that is okay with that kind of a role maybe a little bit older in their career but yeah, I think we do need someone that can do the job, and I think Aspelacueta is is expected to move on next summer. Yeah, uh, and naturally we'll have to bring in someone, but we have a Loftus Cheek who I think can do the <laughs> job when, with, and when needed. Yeah, but it's nowhere near what Reeves James brings, and I think that's where you feel the drop where you don't have the attacking output from from the
0: replacement. Exactly, it's it's one of those where Chilwell. I think we realized last season when Chilwell got injured that we needed someone as right. good as Chilwell to replace him, which is why we brought in Kukurea. Obviously, there have been a few shaky performances, but so far this season, I think Chilwell and, and Kukurea both have been par with each other in terms of their performances and what they've given to this Chelsea team. So, yeah, it'll be something that they'll look at. And obviously, with the with the news that's coming in with uh, Nkunku and yeah. uh, Liao as well from, from AC Milan and those January transfers, because Todd Bowley, realistically when you hear him speak about Chelsea, when you hear that news come out and when you hear that he's still talking about the, he's already talking about, he's already started talking about the January window. He's already making moves, trying to get contact players. You realize that he's not in this just to earn that money back or, or just in a financial way, he's in here to try and make Chelsea one of the greatest teams. And, and that's what he's done at, at in, in America with the, with the Dodgers as well. So, yeah, it's going to be one that they're going to be looking at, I guess, all, all season and until a final replacement has been made. And I think we'll, we'll hear more about this towards the summer. I don't think there's a rush to replace it or anything, but there's good news about Rhys James not needing surgery. is probably going to delay that decision even more, I guess, until until the summer at least. But uh, moving on to the midweek game that we've got against Brentford, another away game for Chelsea. Uh, a bit of a break from, from Champions League football. Uh, but, but games are still coming thick and fast. Another rotation for you on, on that day or do we play a, bit, a big squad? Obviously, with, with Thiago Silva being out, reshames James and, and uh, Angola Conte being out, that we have to be very careful with with the players that we put out because a few injuries as well. might We might be prone to a few more injuries here.
1: Yeah, I, I think we definitely rotate. Um, I think Kepa keeps the spot. But apart from that, if Thiago Silva is out, um, maybe Tra- charleba plays along with depending on the system, of course, but like Koulibaly, maybe Aspie comes back in. Um, Koukere only played 45 minutes, so you kind of expect him to play, at least start this game with Chilwell, um, you know, getting getting a rest. And then midfield, I think Jorginho comes back in. Uh, Kovacic, I think, was taken off early or, or towards the end of that second half. So he may play. And then the front three, I'd like to see Mount start. I'd like to see Pulisic start. <laughs> Um, and then I don't know about that forward position. Yang should be able to play. I think he didn't play the full game against no, Villa, so he should be he should be ready. But I'd also like to see Armando Goria uh, get a run out. I don't know if he starts, but uh, yeah, Brentford's going to be a tough one. I remember last season we went there and we only won one nil uh, thanks to a Chilwell goal, and we required Mendy to pull off some some decent saves. So uh, Brentford are are going to be tough, and we've seen what they've done this season against United at home. We've seen what they've done. Uh, just the other night against Nottingham Forest, where Ivan Tony's is bang on form, and I'm sure they have a point to prove against uh, their West London rivals.
0: Yeah, Thomas Frank won't be just coming in for a draw. He'll he'll bring this Brentford team in and try and get as many points as he can on the night. And I think you're right in terms of the goal and defensive situation. There's not a lot of pick from to to pick from with with Rhys James and Silva being out. You know, Chalba. And Fofana as well might be. I can't remember if he's available yet, or I think the press conference. I think he's, he might still be out. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But I think yeah, with 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 just a few options, there's not much much that we can do. Ah, uh, but the midfield is where we might see Jorginho come in, as you mentioned. Mount again might start, but yeah, I'd like to see Pulisic play as well. I think Howard says has had his turn. Ah, uh, maybe give Sterling that rest as well. He's got we you know we've got Man United as well on on, on the weekend. So that could be someone that who who might be rested, and we might have we might see Havertz in pole play. But at the same time, I do the de Broia situation is is quite tricky because yes, he's he's been scoring, but at the same time, you've got Aubameyang who you've brought in for the sole purpose of scoring goals, and he's scored what two goals or three goals in the last few games. So you do conti- you do give him time. You don't what you what you don't want to do is just keep him out for a game as a rest or as a precaution. And then he he loses confidence or he loses his form. So it it is a tricky situation. But even after that, if I'm Graham Potter, I might just give the nod to Broya only because I'd bring on Aubameyang towards the end of the game and save him for that big and important Man United game. Because as much as I think this Brentford game is important, we've got to look at Man United as well. And the last thing you want is them gaining points from us uh, in a situation where, I guess they're they're looking to climb up the table and the last thing they want to do is is take away points from any of the top four or five positions that they're maybe they may be aiming for this season so um at the same time Brentford they they'll they'll go for a win but if they see a Chelsea team which is hungry they might just sit back take the point and and be happy with that but you never know on the night what what could happen um yeah that uh, what what would your score predictions be out? We've, we've, we've started doing that with, with a lot of our guests to put them on the spot so <laughs> your your score predictions on the night and and if if there are any goal scorers who would they You be know
1: at? the la- the last few weeks have been predicting us conceding and we've been
0: keeping clean sheets so maybe uh, maybe predict another concede.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I should do that just to just it's to delicious. do uh, I think I'll go for a 2-1 to Chelsea. It's going to be tough like you said. I think the Brentford fans will be We'll be right on their team and driving driving them to win this game and and they did beat us last time around in April at, at home at Stanford bridge, which was quite a shocking result so um yeah, I think if we if we come out of this game with the win, that will certainly be uh a very boost big boost to the confidence going into the United game because we haven't beaten United. God, I can't even remember the last time we beat them. it's been so long. Um. So let's get a good result here against Brentford and then fully focus on, on getting a win against United because it's, it's about time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, we don't have a, we don't have a good history against United, uh, whether it be home or away. There there have been games where we've completely dominated the whole game and we've lost by just one goal or or a 90 minute goal or, or a last 10 minute goal. So it's going to be an important one, but uh, in terms of Brentford, I think, yeah, you're right. And uh, I'm going to, Well, my gut feeling is just it's going to I think it's just going to be another one nil, maybe a two nil. Uh, But for me, I really I really want to see Pulisic on the on the score sheet again. I really want to see a good performance from him if he does start. And even even if he doesn't start, I want to see him come off the bench and and show some intent and show some passion for the club. That's that's all I want want from him, because as much as people like to criticize him and to a certain point go over over criticize him he's someone we signed as a replacement for hazard and we have to realize the level that hazard was on was probably a level, not a lot of players at Chelsea will, will get to. Um, And, you know, there was a time where hazard was compared to Ronaldo and and Messi. So it's very rare for players to be compared to that level. And I guess with Pulisic, we're not asking for, for him to be achieving those levels right now, but just to be consistent and, and, I guess not pick up those injuries uh and I just yeah as, as long as Pulisic scores nothing against the guy I, I'm not saying it because I want to see some some offers come in in January or, or August or, or next next summer but I just want him to score and, and he's he's the wonder kid Chelsea really invested in when when we got him and he was the the, the guy that, that you know was going to transform Chelsea when Hazard left so he's someone I've always had high hopes for even though I've been quite critical of him this season under Tuchel as well in terms of his attitude and and when he's come on to play and I think a lot of fans have been, um, but yeah, it's it's going to be exciting to see whether whether what, what he what he does on the night. But Rahul, once again, thank you very much for coming on on the podcast and and speaking to us and speaking to us about the Villa and and Brentford game. Thanks,
1: um, thanks for having me on. It's been it's been great fun and um, happy to come back whenever and I'm sure we'll keep in touch. But wish you all the best with with this podcast
0: thank you thank you very much for that but for those of you guys watching make sure to follow Rahul on on all of his social media pages we'll link it in the description below as well as on the information card on the right if you're listening on the audio platforms make sure to follow us add us to your playlist it does really help us a lot uh, and the algorithm as well make sure to subscribe leave a like rating and if you want the latest chelsea news even though instagram uh this is a bit of a shout out to or a call out to instagram for shadow banning us for some reason uh we've, we've yeah it is quite surprising we've gone from what six seven hundred likes on a post to like 50 to 60 for some reason oh, and wow. it's, it's, it's quite a weird one but yeah um, Thank you, thank, thank you all of you guys for watching. Make sure to follow all of our social media pages for the latest news on Chelsea FC and the latest contents and follow Rafa once again as well. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. So then, stay safe.